the third episode of Tales from Sessions podcast, your new favorite source for unofficial EYP content. EYP's been around since 1987. It's expanded across more than 40 different countries. It almost feels like its presence is everywhere and has almost always existed, at least since we were born. But it's not actually the case. There are many places across Europe where EYP isn't yet a thing. Like a couple of years ago, still in Iceland, we didn't have a national committee. We had an initiative and finally, was it... 2019, 2020, they have finally gained the status of a full national network, uh, national committee. Well, well, congratulations for that, for the people that made that happen. Uh, We're currently, as far as, well, from what I remember, we have currently initiatives in uh, Kosovo and North Macedonia, which is a bit difficult in the current state, as there is the infamous corona something if if you're listening to this in the future uh so those initiatives have not gone far in the past year that this uh, epidemic thing has been going on but on top of those initiatives that we have there are member states um according to the eyp charter to have a recognized um eyp national committee you need to your country needs to be a member of the Council of Europe, with the exception of Belarus being also allowed to have a national committee. But there are still nine member member states of the Council of Europe that do not have a EYP national committee at the moment. Currently, those are, with the bigger ones, Hungary, Moldova, Bulgaria, and Montenegro. And there's also the smaller ones such as Monaco, Malta, Andorra, Liechtenstein, and San Marino. Which, due to their small size, are le- less in- incentivized to fund their own organizations instead of send them to the neighboring countries. Today, we're going to have a part of the story um, with how one of the re- most recent full national committees, EYP Bosnia and Herzegovina, was founded. You pronounce your surname Kusmin? Kusmic? Oh, Kusmic. Kusmic. Oh, oh my, amazing, amazing. Uh, uh, no, seriously, it was. I'm not like, kidding you. It was a perfect pronunciation of my last name. Wait, great. Then uh, Harris Kusmic, our, our guest for this podcast episode. Uh, you want to briefly introduce yourself as an EYP here? Hello, everyone, whoever is listening out there. Uh, my name is uh, Haris Kursmich, and I uh, am one of the co-founders of uh, the European Youth Parliament in Bosnia-Herzegovina, uh, also its first president. Uh, and during these those three, four, five years, I've, I've pretty much done a lot of almost almost everything what a person can do in EYP uh, uh, um, from organizing events to being a journal uh, to being a jury to being a chair etc etc so a very wholesome I would say uh, EYP experience for which I'm grateful ah, cool uh, well would you say that was the most important part of EYP for you you know that I'm going to use like one metaphor but like 
it means the opposite. No, what the actual <laughs> metaphor means. So like, bear bear with me. So like, you know how uh, the story like when the frog is being boiled, like you put a frog in in, in cold water. Eventually, you turn on, you increase the temperature, and eventually the frog will get boiled and it will not notice anything because it can adjust its body temperature to the temperature of its surroundings. So this is mostly used in a way that exemplifies that bad things can overcome us if we don't pay attention to them. And I would say that's similar to EYP in a good way, as in when we're inside this boiling water, which is actually good, you don't actually get to feel because you constantly modify and adapt your internal world with the external world which you have. And um, so I, I wouldn't actually pinpoint this one thing, uh, um, which, which I'm, I don't, hmm, it's, it's a very, very good question. I think I would, what I'm, I, as I said, I've done numerous roles, but the role which I'm most grateful, grateful for is the continuous role of seeing change in other people. And it can sound cheesy. I mean, it probably does sound cheesy to someone who's who's not fully immersed into EYP or, or who's been there, done that. But um, just seeing someone grow in different roles they have, uh, whether you're a chair and you have your delegates writing their first resolution, whether you're a head organizer and seeing someone uh, modify the budget uh, of your session, whether you're head of a jury and you see... Uh, your jury members trying to come up with ways how to uh, make delegates delegates less nervous uh, when they when they speak up. Uh, uh, right, coming up with your first video as a as a journalist. So all these positions where you're starting with people, where you see them grow. I would say that those mi not minuscule but numerous moments like that impact the overall uh, most important moment in UIP which I had. So I wouldn't single out one specific thing there were numerous numerous moments where i could see others growing and eventually even me growing in a way which i later found out yeah, i would definitely as a bit of background for our listeners i would definitely categorize harris in this in this greater like in influencing people that are there to develop i remember uh, it was the luxembourg nationals i believe in 2017 where you were head of jury and I, I don't think there's a single participant of that session that doesn't remember you dancing and creating an atmosphere in those little moments in between uh, or, organized uh, schedule. And so I, I, I really believe that this, I, I see how this is you in, <laughs> in EYP. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. I can... Like, if I can comment on the Luxembourg Nationals, Luxembourg National Session in Luxembourg in 2017, I mean that was one of the examples how one of the numerous lessons, God, if we can write like a lessons book uh, from UIP. Uh, um, uh, so I was I was head of jury uh, of that session, and uh, you know in general like those people I don't know what's the current situation right now when it comes to people being jury and head of jury. But back then the head of jury and jury team overall, they just had these, I don't know, indicators or criteria by which they assess the delegates. They're giving the task to select the best delegates, whatever these criteria are. I don't know the most vocal one, the most constructive one, whatever that might be. 
And sometimes the role of, of the jury team seemed as if we, they were always like separated from the rest of the officials team and also from the rest of the participants team overall. So we were thinking, okay, how can we immerse ourselves in, in, in the session while actually doing our job, but how do we come up with a role which is bigger than the role itself um, and bigger than us? So in that, in that team, there were four of us. Uh, uh, um, there was uh, Sofia from Sweden. Uh, there was uh, Pat, who used to be the president of UIP Luxembourg, from Luxembourg. Uh, uh, and there was Noel also from UIP Luxembourg. So uh, we as a team, we decided to, to, in a way, be supportive of everyone else who's experiencing problems and difficulties. So I don't know, uh, organizers coming to us trying to resolve a problem between them because they don't know how to grab, grasp it with these challenging uh, situations. Or, or the media team not having, I don't know, uh, some creative ideas and we approaching them and coming, oh, let's let's create a, a new jury video, which, which might be interesting in how people perceive us and making loads of fun in that. Uh, uh, or, or chairpersons coming up and then approaching us not knowing how to properly draft their resolutions. So how do we do our job? How do we uh, get results which we want, but also expand and think, like when people ask, do you think outside of the box? Like, which box? What is the box? Uh, 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 and if I may add one more thing, which just popped to my mind, I remember probably we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, later on a bit. Um, when we we're just creating EYP in Bosnia Herzegovina, I remember one of the, one of the things I kept saying to all my members. And at one point, there used to be one hundred of us in five cities in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, uh, just think when you think about EYP Bosnia and Herzegovina, think as if you have an empty white canvas in front of you. And right behind or next to the canvas, you have all the colors in the world, be that crayons, wooden pencils, whatever. And you have an empty white canvas in front of you. And we put on this canvas whatever we want, whatever we want. Do you want it all black? Put it all black. Do you want the colors of the rainbow? Put all the colors of the rainbow, whatever. And uh, uh, so possibilities are limitless. What do you want to do? Do it. And especially for us, it was very, uh, interesting in, in the beginning because we had no, we, of course, we have the, the rules, the procedures, the tradition in a way. But I mean, because we were new, we also weren't so fixed with the tradition itself. So let's change this. Why? Because I don't know. Let's change it. I mean, we didn't even. We, we, sometimes we, we were not even aware that we were changing things <laughs> because we didn't know what the actual things were to begin with. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, that was that was one of one of the uh, good things when we adjust, we just started out with something. When you have a great team who worked, which works together as one, with numerous voices, obviously different opinions, but um, an empty white canvas. What do you want to do? You want to do that? Let's do it. Perfect. Um, Haris, I'll put you on the spot. Imagine somebody next month is going to be presiding their first session. Um, amazingly, everyone gets vaccinated over the next couple of weeks and they all come together. They're about to go to their first session and their presence like, what the hell do I do? Um, what would be the one or two pieces of advice you would give them? One of, one of the greatest pieces of advice I got was don't take anyone's piece of advice. Now, of course, 
this, I mean, this can be uh, used to extreme measures, obviously, when some people just don't listen. But overall, I mean, I'm trying to figure out something. I mean, to be honest, if, if let's say, if I even like put it more, the question you, you, you asked, but like put a twist to it. What if I came to Harris, Harris, uh, in 2014, when he was just starting UIP? With all this accumulated experience, which I have right now, leading people, having these different roles, being led by other people, what would I say to myself? And, and eventually, I think whatever I said to myself, whatever, whatever I told myself, I would, take, I would listen to that advice, but eventually I would do what I think is right. And sometimes I would make a mistake. Sometimes I would make a mistake, but hopefully I would learn from that same mistake which I make. And I think it's not about t- uh, implementing someone's piece of advice, unless, of course, it's technical, like how to make a budget, how to draft a resolution, how to write an article. Like these, these tangible, I would say, things, uh, in a way, c- constructs. But, um, but everything else, like how to lead a team. I mean, what can I, uh, let's say, yeah, being president of our regionals, how to lead your, ch- your chairs, how to support them when 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 they get down when when their when their delegates are are not cooperating with each other i mean it's every and we've been through a lot in UIP all three of us like decades our <laughs> individual experience is literally decades of 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 UIP events and experiences so every situation is truly different just try to just do right. Whatever. And the truth is, you know what's right. Uh, you know, Eventually, you know what's right. Just try to do what is right. And try to be courageous in doing what is right. Because in a lot of cases, without courage, we cannot practice any of our virtues consistently. And, uh, um, and I don't know... Just be yourself, just do what you think is right and be courageous and respect and be kind to everyone else. I mean, these are more or less the general ones because then you, of course, have individual situations, but just these things. And and eventually it will pay off in ways which are meaningful in your life. At least that's how I would put it. What what about you guys? Uh, I would say that one of the biggest things that I've been pushing as a leadership character is this kind of idea of how are how is the leadership perceived? Uh, because what you remember from your previous sessions, from let's say the president or an editor, either they were, I'm willing to argue that for most people, either they were really confident had everything in control no problem whatsoever and they were just the smoothest person you've met or they were a complete wreck that didn't have anything under control and this for first-time leaders this can create a lot of um this kind of pressure for you to seem like you have everything under control and this can lead into situations where you cannot close off. Like, of course, it's an EYP session. 
that nothing is going to be under control into the detail. There's always going to be something that goes absolutely wrong. And it can be really daunting if you have this idea that you need to appear like everything's under control when things are not under control. Uh, so if I had to give the most important advice to new leaders and old leaders is that be there willing to do what you expect your team to do in terms of showing emotion. Like you would expect your chairpersons, your editors, if they're distressed, then show that. Be honest to that emotion. Uh, don't hide if you're sad. Don't hide if you're afraid. It doesn't. It's not gonna make people respect you less. It's just. It's gonna make them, at least in my experience, connect with you more, and know you more. EYP. When we're all here to experience and fail. But if the example that we get is that they're not failing, nothing's going wrong, then how can we take example from that? So be true to your emotion. Don't try to hide that from your team and even the session in general. Uh, to, to share a story on exactly what Joe was talking about there, I think there's a session that Joe and I have in common <laughs> where that is uh, is pretty well aimed at. Um, so it was about a year and a half ago. I, I, I feel kind of aimed at with this. <laughs> so, Not that, I wouldn't say that it's aimed at you in any way, but go on. As in, um, yeah, I think the story is pretty fitting for this. So it's about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was Ye Yerevan 2019. It was the... Ah, yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the spring IS. And I was presiding. Joe's there as a chairperson. And in, in terms of, okay, being transparent and saying that it's okay for things to go wrong and actually not trying to hide everything in... Um, <laughs> on the second day of chairs training uh, we realised things were not going well in the chairs team whatsoever as the board we sat together we said this this is just not right there are there are things and everyone's repressing it so um, we sat down and the first thing we did is we told them every single mistake that we did until now with the session and all of these mistakes and then just opened up to as much criticism as anybody wanted to give us and have an open discussion to say yes we messed up real bad it looks like there was a whole conspiracy going on in the background but it was just us messing up and this is what happened to be really open and honest and it was difficult it was, it was probably my most difficult day in EYP and for for most people in the room they would probably say the same thing <laughs> that it was a very difficult experience to go through but our whole motto for the session after that became EYP is the perfect place to fail so like you were saying before, Harry, sort of said, do what you think is right. Just try things. Just go out there. If you believe it, you need to learn from your experiences. And you are going to fail. It's okay. But if we add to what Joel said on top of that, of saying, let's, let's be okay with this failure. And let's be honest and open. Then it's not saying everything's perfect or everything's bad. Because the bad things can actually become assets. Mm. Oh well, that that was a journey. Um, <laughs> let's let's start transitioning over a bit more towards the spirit of this podcast because um, the reason we invited you here, Harris, to 
get a get a, get a idea of what it was like to uh, build EYP Bosnia-Herzegovina from the ground. Like, what what was the founding story of your NC? Because once you're gone, no one's gonna know this. There's gonna be hearsay from what you've told people, but there's not gonna be a recording of it. And I think that would be really valuable for the future generations to have the future members of the NC to be like, yeah, the, this this is where we came from and to compare that to what it is when they are doing it. Thank you for that beautifully phrased question introduction. The EYP, I mean, there are two beginnings for EYP Bosnia-Herzegovina, literally two. Uh, the the first one was in 2012, 2011, tw- no, 2011. Uh, uh, I just finished high school and I've been to one of my first youth in action, uh, those younger ones, for those younger ones that, you, we're right now at the age where we start for those younger ones. But uh, Youth in Action is a predecessor of Erasmus Plus uh, of the European Commission program. And um, I was at my first Youth in Action program. And there, there was this EYP simulation. There was one EYP, Katarina Kuku from Greece. Uh, uh, um, I don't know if Nathan, you know her? Joe, I don't think, yeah. So she was, uh, she was there. And then they came up with this EYP simulation and it was a great thing. And then a friend of mine, Teuta, uh, from Bosnia, she was like, oh, Harris, like, let's let's join EYP back when we come back to Bosnia. So we came back to Bosnia, uh, Sarajevo, and then we realized, oh, there's no EYP. So we sent an email to the governing board uh, uh, in Berlin. Uh, and we got an email that there was already one initiative which started. So we joined that initiative. So back then I was 19. And there was this one guy from another Bosnian uh, city of Tuzla uh, who was back then 25, 26, I think, 20, between 24 and 26. And uh, he scheduled a meeting between Teuta and me. And we got together. He was extremely impressed. You know, those people were impressive with their words. Of course, back then, uh, 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 you don't have the insight nor the, uh, the experience to sometimes see beyond someone's words. Uh, 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 and, and, uh, but yeah, we didn't have that experience. So we were mesmerized by what he was saying EYP can become. So it's it's similar to what I did with like, you have an empty canvas and you paint all the colors of the rainbow if you wish. But, um, uh, it was, it was like that, but eventually what we started to realize one month after the other, none of, none of it bore fruit. And you have some people in life, which is perfectly fine, who only have the vision don't have the skills to turn this vision into reality. That's okay. But the challenge for these people is not to have visions. It's for them, number one, get skills. But if they cannot get skills, surround yourself with people who can turn this vision into reality. However, he was failing in that too. Because he surrounded himself only with loyal friends and family members, which may seem like a corruption thing or whatnot. Uh, And like turning this into an inner circle... Uh, to suit his own interests. Eventually, after a lot of back and forth, back and forth, so this was like half a year later, 2012, both, first of all, we tried to like oust him as, as a leader or like remove him and to put this other, uh, also, she was also older than us, uh, a friend of ours, and she didn't want, she, she was ne- like, she didn't know whether she wanted to be a part of, she wanted to take over as president or not of the initiative. Uh, uh, but eventually she, she said yes, and we made these plans in a way, 
and uh, 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 we confronted a president. He was like, no. And then he had enough influence and he was older than us, like 25-year-old to 19-year-old, very intimidating and all these other things. Not physically or in any other way, but like just you feel like you don't know anything in life and he knows everything. So we left that initiative. Uh, uh, at that time, I was very active in ISEC. Uh, I don't know if you know ISEC, but it's the, the largest uh, uh, organ youth organization in the world, which which cr creates leaders or like tries to uh, create, uh, 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 which try to to improve the leadership in a way capacity of the world uh, with these lofty goals and ideals and and and, and concrete measurable actions. Um, and I was in ISEC for like a year, year and a half. And then eventually Teuta, the initiative failed, by the way. And Teuta came back to me and said, Harris, like, why don't we start UIP again in, in Bosnia, in Skolin? I was like, yeah, why not? I mean, I, I think I might have time. So let's, let's, let's do that. And uh, so we, it was me, Teuta, and Ilma. Uh, we got together. Uh, uh, and then we just started learning, okay, what do we need to do to turn this into reality? And I, I'm just, I just missed one important part of it. Why do we start doing the, this thing? Uh, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, I mean, the situation is not ideal anywhere in the world right now, uh, but uh, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, uh, the concept of democracy and the concept of, of being active in your society is something we're still learning in a way. Um, and we, I mean, at least I was sick and tired of, of using every opportunity to have, like going out for a coffee with friends or like chit-chatting with family members, how the situation is so bad in the country, but no one is doing anything about it, or at least not the people I know. So what can I do as an individual to make everyone more aware and to turn them as like EYP uh, uh, mission, make everyone an active, uh, open-minded young citizen? Uh, active citizen of their uh, societies. Uh, 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 so you have, I don't know, like, you have democracy classes in high school, but I didn't learn anything that, I didn't learn nothing specific from that, didn't increase my capacity as an active citizen. You have these political academies, but political academies are always tied to political parties, and I don't want to, didn't want to be affiliated with any political party back then. So what platforms are there where young people can discuss these social things which happen in society openly and freely while being themselves. So not like Model United Nations, which is also great in its own way, but at MUN, you are representing someone else's view. You're not representing your view. So what can Hari Skorsic from Sarajevo, Bajir Skovina, what can Ilma, what can Telta, what can the three of them do to make young people more aware and more engaged in their society? So that is... That is where EYP naturally fit uh, in this concept. So we did, just like when a country is trying to access the European Union or join the EU, which Bosnia is trying to do, uh, uh, at least, uh, you have to like file in documents like what is your plan, what is your strategy, who are your members, write a statute, write a national session plan, what you want to do. First you send the first documents, then you're granted the initiative status. Then you need to send more and more documents and you grant to the candidate status. And then you have to organize your first national session uh, 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 and eventually become a national committee with a probation year. Do everything what you did in your first year 
Uh, and then after the probation year ends, then you're granted like the full, full national committee status uh, uh, in the network. And I remember one of the first things, so that was, so we started these things in 2014, 2013, 2014, the second time, the actual time when EYP worked in the country. Uh, uh, and I remember my first BNC or Board of National Committees meeting. Uh, it was uh, beginning of October 2014. I don't know if you, Nathan, were there or not. No, no. Um, uh, no, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, um, and I remember being there and being absolutely mortified because I didn't know any of the acronyms. And acronyms are like a thing everywhere. Uh, nor these terms. Uh, more these concepts and I remember some people uh, some people who later done great things in UIP as well they all always they, even though I was a bit older in a way uh, because I already had ISEC experience I was like my second year or third year no fourth you know third year of bachelor studies uh, they were looking me down in a way like who's this new guy who's trying to do something even in that space, in a way, where you have, like, I don't know, people with the most experience, not, not like everyone, but, like, people with, like, decent experience in EYP who are leading their national committees looking down at you. Uh, like, who's this guy? What is he? Who does he think he is? And you, like, trying to, like, I remember once I was, like, coming up with, like, a structure of a national board, how a national board should look like. And, like, me writing these acronyms in my explanation. So I was like, why do you do this? And no one else does this. So no, 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 no. So it was mortifying in a way, but um, keep going. Uh, 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 and and in the beginning, sorry if I'm if I'm speaking to just interrupt me or cut me, whenever you wish freely. Uh, but I remember that when I came back, and the first year is the most difficult year because you don't have the money to run projects because no one is giving you money because you don't have cumulative experience as an organization um, because you don't have the money to do the activities you cannot engage your members because you don't have the money and for these activities and when your members are not engaged they're losing motivation when they lose motivation they don't want to work nor do they have the drive to work to volunteer and then the circle viciously repeats uh, uh, and I remember all the meetings we had in the beginning was like, we'll do this project when we have the money. We'll do this project when we have the money. We'll do this project. And we never had any money whatsoever. Uh, um, and I remember when I just came back from the BNC, that the first one, where I met great people as well, like singing Disney songs, uh, coffee breaks, etc. But um, uh, I remember that I came back, it was like a national board, which I was leading back then. And for some reason, I was always, which is a great thing, uh, uh, because we did it unintentionally, like rising uh, girls and women in, in EYP Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, I was surrounded by four vice presidents or like four national board members. And I was the only guy in the board. And I was always like one of the few guys, the majority of the women on these leadership positions, they were women, which is great. Uh, uh, um, and we're like sitting at a coffee together discussing, it was so many problems. And everyone kept saying, oh, my God, we have problems in the finance department. We have problems in HR department. We have problems in, in, in the communications department. No, 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 no. They kept talking and talking and talking. At one point, I was like, but can anyone listen to my problems? Like, 
I have my problems, I have your problems because I'm leading you at the same time. I have these other problems. And just like going crazy. And then they, they were silent. They, they, they sympathized for me for a second. And then the minute after they kept, they, came, they started repeating the problems they had. And I remember I had like classes at that week. I didn't go to classes at all. I just laid in my bed, did nothing for a week, like literally nothing. Didn't answer any emails, texts. I was just laying in my bed, watching movies, reading books, whatnot, so I can like re-stress myself, reduce the amount of stress which I just felt. And then when you recuperate, you come back, you get you like piece yourself together and you keep going. And you keep going, keep going. And that, those were, I think, one of the rough beginnings. Uh, uh, but these rough beginnings, I remember seeing, sorry, once again, I'm, I'm diverging to so many different stories. One, one of the oldest TED Talks, where this one guy speaks about these brick walls. And it's about the brick walls in your life are not there to prevent you from going. They're there to test how willing you are to actually keep going. Um... Uh, so there were obstacles at every single step of the way, every single step of the way in the beginning and later on, but the intensity changes from time to time. But the point of these optical obstacles is to, is to make you decide how far and how willing you are to go to remove them and to go somewhere beyond these obstacles. So I think though that that was a rough, rough, but very rewarding and enriching experience for me and for, for everyone who was involved, I believe. Is there something you have that do you find important that you would want to relay as a message to someone who's just starting their NC, either uh, an NC that's in their first years or a completely new initiative in, let's say, Hungary, anywhere? Uh, what, what would your message to these people bringing this laying the ground what would it be well i know we wouldn't do anything if it weren't for the we um and i mean you can have i mean going back to what i said in the beginning I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't have done what I have done if it I if it weren't for us. Uh and it is extremely and I'm I'm stressing that to the biggest extent possible, extremely important that you have people with similar values, uh uh diverse skill sets working on one goal. Uh, that is vital. That is extremely vital, because o- over and over again, especially in the very beginning, your failures will be the biggest because you you've never done something like that. And if you don't have a support system, and everyone uses the support system in the same way to to lift them up, uh, is going to be extremely hard and challenging. Um, so. Uh, for us, and I mean, sometimes we're just starting things. I mean, uh, I, I told you about the first president who's tried to start EYP Mazar Govan and eventually failed. He surrounded himself with, with friends, which is great. Of course, you, you need to tr- tr- surround yourself with people you trust. That's a good thing. However, a bad thing is if you surround yourself with the people who you trust but you, who don't have the skills and you limit the talents of others because they're not close to you. 
and we see this <laughs> not only when you're just starting now your national committees, but in the selection sometimes. Uh, 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 delegates, officials, no, 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 no. Everyone is prone to this in their lives. Even now we are prone to this uh, one way or the other uh, in whichever extent. But um, uh, if, if uh, f- for, for, for all of us, it's very easy to, um, uh, to fail if you don't have these things which I just mentioned. So a uh, great group of people, so us, it's we. It's not I, it's we. It's always we, and it never will stop being we. Um, and everyone has knowledge or skills in something different, which complements each other. And um, and do you have the same goal? What do you want to accomplish with this? And I know this is lofty. I know it's it's not as tangible as, as someone like step A, B, C, D, E. But but without this, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, to occupy my role as a president of, of the uh, UIP. And as, as the teacher I just said, it, it's not founder, it's co-founder. There were more than one founder. And I always stress that out because there's never one person who does something. There's always a team behind you. And if not the team, so it's just something which came to my head. And if not the team, then at least... The, the people who surround you, who surround you, who you are surrounded with in your immediate back uh, environment, but those who came before you. And I always say we should pr- practice humility, not modesty, because sometimes I don't believe in modesty, and it might sound harsh to some people. But and let me explain this. What is modesty? If I say to someone, "You're great, Joel. You're great, Nathan. You're amazing, and exceptional. You are." You are great with this initiative. You are great. Don't say, oh, no, we're not. Or, nah, it's not as, as that great as you think. Of course it is great. You came up with a great initiative. And let's count how many people were there in EYP so far. We don't need to go back in 1987 until now. Let's go back to 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. Tens of thousands of people have been through EYP. And it's been the two of you who came up with amazing idea. And modesty is a, nah, I don't Embrace the compliment. Say thank you, but also be humble. So humbleness, humility is not the same as modesty. Humility is saying, thank you. I am here because of those who came before me. I'm able to do this because someone else tried and maybe failed or tried and didn't do it good enough, well enough, but I'm here and I'm, I'm humble to continue what I'm doing in the name of those who came before me for those who will come in front of me or after me. And um, that for me is, is, is uh, I don't know how I came to humility. And by the way, what was I saying? Sorry, I got sidetracked a bit. What was I saying? <laughs> that was perfect because it also linked exactly with what Joel said before. <laughs> when you said to him that this is impressive, he says... <laughs> it's, it's not impressive it's important so yes how do you, what you did with that NC wasn't impressive but it was thank, important yeah. <laughs> thank you but that, that's what I'm trying to say I mean like embrace the, the compliments embrace what you've done if you've done something great say I've done something great but don't be modest about it be humble about it be humble about it don't shrink don't puff stay your sacred ground 
and um, that is, yeah, sorry, I was, I don't know what I started talking about, but yeah, anyways, this is a nice ending to my original thought, I think. Yeah. And yeah, uh, let's wrap that up here. Thank you very much, Harris, for attending us tonight. You're more than sharing welcome. your story with the network. You're more than welcome. May I add one more thing? If I if I just a beautiful memory which I want to share share uh, with you. I think for those who stopped doing EYP and probably there's going to be a lot of them listening to this, uh, me included in a way. Uh, if we don't count this or some other like things, when once a member would approach you from NC and ask for advice, um, it's the life of EYP which we continue after we get out of EYP or start being active and engaged. And I remember it was a very nice, like, retrospective, retrospective moment. At my first BNC, Board of National Committees meeting in Berlin, one of my closest EYP friends, and it's not, um, I should also be naming other EYP friends, and I have had a lot of them, some of them turned into my best friends, but I'll just use this one very, very close EYP friend, and I think both of you know her quite well, at least. I think you do. Uh, Birjan from, from uh, EYP Turkey. She used to be the president of EYP Turkey. So anyways, uh, uh, we met at the first BNC. We didn't like hang hung out with each other that well. We just like chit-chatted, etc. But every time I was in Istanbul, when I was ahead of a layover flight in Istanbul, I used to like get in touch with her. Let's, let's grab a coffee uh, or can I crash your place or something. So it was always like, I always had someone in a city, country far, far away from mine, whom I can sleep over at least, and I can like be safe in their city, uh, feel like, feel as if I belong, turn that place into my home. So anyway, last year, no, sorry, the pandemic messed up my, my time tracking skills. Uh, a year and a half ago, in September 2019, uh, uh, my mom was turning 60. And I was thinking, okay, what can I do for my mom I can like buy her, I don't know, clothes or like take her out or a restaurant or maybe even get some jewelry. I was thinking I want to give her a gift. I want to give her an experience. So I decided because she loves Istanbul. She's been to Istanbul once and she hasn't traveled a lot in her life. I was thinking I'm going to take her to Istanbul for her 60th birthday because it's like a big, big number. Like you've been living on this earth for six decades already, more than half of a century. And, um, and I've, I've taken her to Istanbul and on, we came there a couple of days before and on, on, uh, September the 1st, which was her birthday, I phoned Birjan and back then she was living in this wonderful apartment in the city center, which had this like small balcony looking at the, this garden with tall trees. And it was a very like lofty artistic apartment, like very, very big one also. Um, and, uh, uh, uh. I called her, asked her, can like, can we like arrange something? Like, can I bring my mom to your apartment, and then we can like do something nice for her? And we got to her apartment. It w- there were two of her friends there, uh, and there- she was there as well. And I was like, I want to do something for her birthday. And we were sitting at the balcony, and while she- my mom was at the balcony, she doesn't know how to speak English, so she was just like sitting and watching in the trees. Vijay uh, and I were in the kitchen. Like, she bought a, a cake, a small cake. She put a candle on the cake, and then we put, and then we put like Bosnian traditional like music uh, 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 in the background. And my mom was like, "What is this?" And then there was uh, there was me carrying uh, uh, this cake, 
with the candle on top and say, and everyone, Birjan, to her friends and me singing happy birthday to her in the city of Istanbul for her 60th birthday. And then she blowing the candle, uh, making a wish, and then everyone eating cake and sitting and me trying to like translate between English and her friends, some of her, one of her friends, she, he didn't speak English that well. So she was translating to Turkish. So it was like Turkish Bosnian and English, four of us, like different generations, different people, but like sitting at the balcony, enjoying life. And, and this one moment, and I just stressing it out, uh, is one of the most beautiful moments in my life so far. And I know that it wouldn't have been possible if I haven't been through EYP. And, and it goes beyond sharing, goes beyond these skills which you learn, which are extremely important in today's life, but beyond these skills, beyond all of these things, but it's the relationships you continue to have with numerous people. Even this, uh, uh, with the podcast, the way that you make someone feel appreciated and the way you support someone and you show that you care. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that as one of the most beautiful stories I, I've ever had in EYP, which continues afterwards. And there were plenty of them, and I don't want anyone to feel left out. I I love so many people in EYP, it's insane, but um, I just want to share this specific because including my mom and her 60th birthday. You know, it's a great experience when you can even bring your mum. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that's, yes. Just, that's just beautiful. And that, ladies, gentlemen, and my favorites in between was Haris Kushmich. Yeah, if you yourself think that you have a story that should be heard more in EYP, something of perhaps when your NC was founded or something that cool, really cool happened in your session that you once participated in, feel free to hit us up. You can reach us at talesfromsessions at gmail.com. In our next episode, we're going to be having a chat with Maria Monilesco. We're mainly going to focus on EYP Academy. We know that in EYP, training is really core to everything we do, but it wasn't always that way, and it hasn't become this developed out of a vacuum. So we're going to dig in and get to understand how did training become so big in EYP, and what actually happened back in the day to make this happen. So hopefully see you in our next episode.